What's up, New Life students? We are back for the third and last session of the question and answer panel. I just want to start us out by saying welcome, and I'm so glad that you guys are pressing in and just asking these questions because they're hard questions in our life. Like we we have the opportunity to ask questions, and and we have the opportunity to hopefully answer and redirect those questions. So um, I'm just going to start us out with number one. Um, a student asked, "Do you have any book recommendations about ministry? This is working with a team or just within the church." Um, um, and personally, I have a few. One of them is um, How to Pray. That's by Pete Gregg. And I think that's helped me in this last year since we've been in quarantine is like, how do we press into the, the space of prayer? And this is a conversation with the Lord. So that's a very um, simple and easy to understand book if you guys want to read that one. And then we also have um, God Space. So my friend actually... She recommended that one to me. She read it as she was going into college, and that was just like how to have a simple conversation with someone, maybe at a coffee shop, and how to integrate God into that conversation. So I know a lot of you are thinking about college or about to head out somewhere, and we don't even know how to have a conversation about God. So I had a friend who recommended it. It really helped her through her college years, and now she just she's amazing and can just be really intentional about how her conversations with people and how to integrate God into those conversations. Pastor Tim, do you have any Yeah. Any Truthfully, I'm going to be honest, I'm not always the greatest when it comes to like ministry practices. I always love reading a lot more along the lines of theology or things along those lines. Um, however, I would say a, a book that I've read recently, uh, given uh, to me by a friend, um, The Way of the Shepherd. It's a really great book on leadership and, and just walking with people. So if you're looking at going into ministry, um, I'd recommend that as a book. Uh, second, uh, in-house, Dr. Michelle Anthony here, she wrote a book called The Seven family ministry essentials um, so much of what we do here at New Life Church um, the values that we, we tackle with uh, talking on scripture as a grand redemptive narrative blessing you guys worship response some um, God-centered teaching so much um, has kind of come from some of those thoughts so if you're looking at going into family ministry or wanting to work with students or anything along those lines one day I'd encourage that book um, from like a, a little bit more of a macro perspective just authors that I would recommend um, that I know have um, either spoken to me or really spoken to a lot of the leaders of our house here at New Life Church um, would be C.S. Lewis, uh, N.T. Wright. Um, I would, I'd go along the lines of Eugene Peterson. He wrote a book called The Contemplative Pastor. If you're wanting to go into pastoral ministry, really, really great. Uh, Pastor Daniel Groth, he just released a book called Chasing Wisdom. Uh, so to give a little plug towards him as well, um, if you're looking at, hey, how do you want to develop a long obedience in the same direction, not to steal from Eugene there, but uh, his book speaks to that really, really well. So uh, if you go in the line of going after those authors, you can't really go uh, too wrong, but those would be uh, some of my recommendations. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, session three here, Catherine, we're going to kind of tackle a little bit uh, some, some Christian living questions and, and how do we kind of wrestle with people who walk with the Lord, people who don't walk with the Lord, uh, they live the same way, they're both kind of morally good, how do we wrestle through some of those things? Um, but one of the questions that I loved here, and I love this because uh, one of you who's an evangelist and who has a heart for the lost and for the broken asked this question, but they, they asked, uh, Catherine, how can we walk alongside a friend and help them rekindle their fire for the Lord? Uh, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, that's an awesome question because I think sometimes we have friends that walk away from the Lord or they don't really know where they are in the faith and you're like how do I even like how do I help them yeah because sometimes I'm, I'm someone who likes to fix problems and but I think like this is a long-term 
um, fix to this solution. I don't know. Yeah. I was immediately brought to the verse in John chapter 13, um, and I'm going to read it to you guys. It's about how to love one another. Um, specifically, it says, um, a new commandment I give to you that I love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that mm. you are my disciples if you love one another. So immediately, it's like, it's not the way that you speak or the way that you teach, although those things are good, they will know Jesus by the way that you love. Yeah, That's because so Jesus good. dwells within you. He He lives in you and by what you feed yourself will come out. And so they are gonna be pointed back to Christ by the way that you live your life. And then another thought, I just was like, why don't we pray for them? So sometimes I think of immediately like fixing solutions, like finding solutions, but prayer, that's something that we get to do um, daily. And so um, I was thinking if you guys go to Ephesians 6, 18 through 19, it's talking about prayer for one another and how we have Paul who's in prison, but he's asking like the people of Ephesus, like, how, can you pray for me so that the mystery of the gospel is revealed to me yeah. and the mystery of the gospel is revealed to you. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, like our eyes are unveiled and we can see the mystery of the gospel. And so through good. that, those people can see Jesus. They can see um, who he is as father, who he is as near to us and our protector and our comforter. So um, I love your guys' heart for just being friends with people, whether they love the Lord or not. And like through that, I think people are going to be drawn to you, but drawn to the Jesus in you, not yeah. just who you are. So I love that question. I'm going to actually kick back another question that I love this question because I think a lot of times we try and satisfy ourselves and we try and we try and find fullness of life and like how can we get the best life ever i don't know like a long time ago yolo was a thing but you only live once but it's like okay it's true so how can we do that to the best of our ability but someone asked how can we be fully satisfied in god and still have desires longings and dreams pastor tim what are your thoughts on that oh, such a good question and such a good answer to that first question catherine can we be fully satisfied in God and still have dreams, longings, desires? Uh, the initial answer to that question is yes. Um, but, but let me kind of go about it this way. Uh, let's start with, if you are fully satisfied in God, you have life figured out. <laughs> You're doing it right. Um, and at the end of the day, nothing else is going to really... Um, a matter to you. If, if, if you are finding your full satisfaction in God, it means that you have come to the reality and to the truth um, that everything else in this world is not going to satisfy you. I look back to John 6 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Like you, the, the, There's going to be no other food, no, no other thing that you're going to be able to go to and it's going to satisfy the longing of your soul. But I think some of the question here can be, how do we how do we kind of bring together being fully satisfied in God, but then we have these like desires and longings and dreams to do all of these things? How do those kind of coexist together? Can they coexist? So, in essence, hey, can I have can I have a dream to become a professional tennis player and fully pursue that while being fully satisfied in God? Um, and I think at the end of the day, that might be that might be approaching the question incorrectly. Uh, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis, and I love this quote, and Pastor Chase, I know, loves this quote. Uh, but C.S. Lewis said, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. 
And so what he's going after here is that all too often it, it, the, the byproduct of sin in our life makes us believe a lie that so many things in this world can satisfy our souls. So we start looking to, to anything and everything. You might, you might look towards a relationship. You might look towards a substance. You might look towards your own talent and performance. Yeah. You might look towards, your, towards money or towards your status. And what, what C.S. Lewis is saying here is, is when you hit that moment where money's not enough for you, and when you hit that moment where the relationship with that significant other is not enough for you, and when you hit that moment when that addiction is not enough for you, what it's telling you is that you were made for another world. And what it's telling you is that you were made to be satisfied exclusively by God. And so what I think then happens here for the people of God is, okay, so what then does it mean to be satisfied by God? And then the question turns into, and how does that shape my desires, longings, and dreams. Does that make sense? So we, we go from this place of, well, can I do what I want to do and be satisfied by God as opposed to how does being satisfied by God shape the way that I live my life that's pleasing to him. Yeah. And so I, I love this quote um, by, Pastor, by Pastor John Piper, and it, it kind of goes along his, his stream of desiring God, but he says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied yeah. in him. And so I think the North Star for us here is not what are our hopes, desires, and longings, and dreams, but what does it look like for us to be satisfied by God, and how do those dreams and desires and longings get shaped? by that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that answer. Alright, Catherine, we're going to shift gears kind of to a two-part question here, okay? Mm -hmm. um, this is an interesting one, and it's a big one of this day and age. Uh, but the question, there, there are two questions here, and I want us to kind of combine them together. The first one is, what's the difference between how non-Christians live and how Christians live if you see the same results in life? And I want to pair that with, if someone believes something and lives a certain way, and I'm going to assume here it's, it's believing something that's not the belief of Christianity, but lives a certain way, um, isn't it okay to do that as long as it's not hurting anyone around them? Okay, so I want to kind of tackle this in two parts. Maybe you take the first part and I might go after the second part, but let's start there with what's the difference between how a non-Christian lives and how a Christian lives if they get the same result? Yes, my, like, it, like my immediate thought is like, where's your hope? Like it's, mm. it, it, you may see like friends that are living and they're, they have more money than you. Their parents bought them a car or like this person got a full ride scholarship to college and and they're not a believer, but it's like you're sitting here and maybe like your parents are divorced and I don't know, tragic yeah. things are happening and we're all experiencing this virus. Like, like we don't, we, our lives, like there's no guarantee that it's going to be equal to or better than anyone else's life. And so I actually want to shift your focus off of like the external, what we see with our eyes and more on the internal of like so where good. our hearts are. So where are your internal convictions, your internal motives and, and like, what are you, what are you striving towards? So I would like you guys to turn into Hebrews 6, um, 18, 19, and 20. I'm just going to read 19. Um, it says, We have this assurance in the steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever. And so, like, I want you guys to understand, like, like you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And so I actually, like, want to, like, move the question somewhere else of, like, like, what are your motives, but also why isn't your life looking different? If mm. you are a Christian, like we're called for our life to look different. And if Jesus so dwells good, within Catherine. us, 
I want you guys to look through the Gospels and Acts, like all like the Sermon on the Mount, everywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, like Jesus is, is calling us to a higher standard where we are to be set apart as a light on a hill. Like you, your life shouldn't look the same. And so your hope can be placed in God. So if we know that like say, say, I don't know, we've been given 20 days to live and another person who doesn't believe in the Lord, like, and your life looks the same, both of you have 20 days to live, like, you know where you'll spend eternity. And so your yeah. hope is not placed on the next 20 days. Your hope is placed on where you'll spend eternity with Jesus. And so I want you guys to focus more so on the heart posture and not like the outside, the Instagram, like worthy pictures, but like the so internal, where, where's your heart with Jesus? And so that's kind of like, my thoughts with that and then it went down to the second question where it's like um if if your actions aren't hurting someone else why aren't they okay to do well go back to like if we're supposed to love the lord god with all your heart soul and mind maybe it's not hurting someone else but is that action hurting you and you can filter it through the lens of hey is this honoring god is it loving the lord god with all my heart with all my soul and with all my mind so good, and if Catherine. it's black and white if the answer is no like let go of that walk mm. away from that i don't care if it's not hurting anyone else like it might be hurting you and it might be like blocking you from seeing Jesus like in everyday life and like behind the scenes, whatever that life looks like that you have or outside in front of people on Instagram, like filter it through the lens of, are you loving the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind? But that's what I have. Pastor Tim, what else? Okay, yeah, oh, so well done. Um, yeah, the only thing I would add to that is I, I think the, even the premise of this question is what you have to check. So. What's, what's the difference if a non-Christian and a Christian live the same way and they get the same result? The question is false in and of itself because at the end of the day, the end result is not the same. So if, if, if you're thinking, oh, if the end result is if they're both wealthy by the end of it, what's the difference? Or if they're both morally good people at the end of it, what's the difference? But the difference is the destination for the people of God, the destination for Christians is Jesus. Yeah. And this is what defines the difference. So uh, the end result for somebody following Jesus is a life spent looking to Jesus, cherishing Jesus, loving Jesus, putting their faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself marks the difference of a way to live a life as opposed to somebody else. So what Catherine is saying right there is spot on. We get so fixated on the physical. We get so so fixated on the outward of, well, both lives might look the same. Or you can even say, hey, someone who's not a believer looks like they are living the life so much better mm -hmm. than somebody who's, who's a follower of Jesus. But at the end of the day, their destination is not Jesus. Our North Star for, for the way we live our lives is to yeah. look more like, be in deeper relationship with, mm -hmm. and put our faith, trust, and hope in the person of Jesus. So the end result at the end of the day will never be the same for a believer and a non-believer. Mm -hmm. And then shifting to the second question, the, the only thing that I'd want to say to this is, you know, the danger in this question is to say, well, how come I can't live my life? And as long as I'm living my life in a way that doesn't hurt somebody else, no matter what I believe in, why does it matter? And the, the danger you have to, to set in there is everybody has a different perspective of what hurting somebody looks like, first of all. Yeah. So the very essence of the question gets debunked depending on your perspective. You know, so my, pers my perspective can be that, hey, if, if I wanted to go out and, and, and I wanted to drink, and I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and and it's not hurting anybody else. I'm I'm only drinking with with myself, or or if I wanted to get into a drug addiction or anything along those lines, it's only affecting myself, right? Because it's me the one taking the drink. But at the end of the day, that affects my family. 
It affects my relationships. Yeah. It affects my marriage. All of those sorts of things. And so when you have everybody having a different idea of what hurts another person, all of a sudden we've created a subjective moral reality yeah. where anybody is right within their own eyes. And so what we have to do then is we have to look at something outside of ourselves. If we go back to the first video, Pastor Victor did a great job out saying, you know, the, the very beautiful reality around Christianity and the hope of the gospel is that this is something outside of ourselves. It's bigger than ourselves. And so what we are doing as Christians is we're saying, I'm not looking to myself to define the way that's going to live that's going to allow me to flourish. I'm going to look to the Lord. I'm going to look to the person of Jesus Christ to define those parameters because if Jesus Christ is our God and if God is the creator of all humanity it is safe to say he knows the way to live into which all humans can abound and flourish together yeah. so at the end of the day we, we look to Jesus um, so that being said Catherine Let's wrap this session up. Can you can you send us out yes. with blessing, um, all that jazz? Yeah, I thank you guys so much for just pressing in and sending in these questions. But I do want to bless you, so hold out those hands. This way you know, may you know that the Father loves you, that He is for you, that He is protecting mm. you, that He is with you in every season, and that He will bring clarity to your questions. So, Student Ministries, go in peace, truth, and love. May you be blessed today.